0: We're here, like you know these sporting legends to tell you dr green we need and you look at this going what what do you, <laughs> what do you need this for this is health Matters with Sibla everybody. Welcome to Health Matters. Now, with lockdown restrictions easing off dramatically, as announced by our president this week, we have seen a continued increase in various participation events globally and, of course, here locally. In South Africa, we've seen the increase of spectators allowed into stadiums and it's almost life back to normal. Uh, This week on Health Matters, we chat to a man who's responsible for the well-being of participants at these major various sporting events, whether they be of big scale or smaller scale. Um, From Springbok rugby games, we've got the upcoming Sevens at the end of the year. The Sevens World Cup in South Africa, folks. Uh, Two things like Epic Bicycle Rides, the Cape Town Marathon, uh, to name but a few. He holds the title of Chief Medical Officer for these events and also as a day job, works and heads up eventing for Clinic. Dr. Darren Green, welcome to Health Matters. Morning, thanks for having me. Now, I want to know about being a Chief Medical Officer at these events. I mean, I know you have a team, but it's a huge responsibility. Uh, what does the role entail?
1: Sure, so I think uh, when it comes to providing medical support to any sporting event, uh, there there are obviously various components that need to be looked at. And the planning beforehand is actually one of the biggest components where we uh, assess an event in in its totality Mm. uh, in terms of its risk profile first, Mm. uh, and then obviously with the event organizer then look at their resources and Mm. planning, et cetera. But when it comes to the medical response, there's uh, what we divide up into the pre-hospital component, which is the component where your paramedics and ambulance services, Mm. uh, in our case ER24, will then transfer patients from along the route of the event, et cetera to a, a further designated uh, facility for definitive care and then of course you have the the treatment facilities now a lot of these events cape town marathon for example have a race hospital yeah. at the finish line which which is stocked um, obviously, with the right equipment, with ICU capabilities, and then the staff level of skills that we have to have there involves sports exercise mm-hmm. uh, medicine physicians and emergency physicians. Sure. So uh, we we have those components in all the different sports sports sorts at uh, all at different scales. Obviously, sure. at the at the
0: Cape Town Cycle Tour, so oh. we've got fourteen medical well, points. This is the question: I mean, you've got to <laughs> adapt literally as well to the terrain. Yeah. Uh, sometimes in the middle of a bush, you'd have to set up a a, a hospital field hospital. A field, a field hospital. Yeah. hospital. So your staff and selecting the right people for the right job, crucial. Right. It's
1: a, it's such an interesting component because you've got to match people that can handle being on a multi-stage event yeah. for eight days in the bush, for example. Temperaments that can work 15 to 16 hours a day yeah. and, and, and function well with the <laughs> interpersonal relationship on lack of sleep. So you must imagine if, if you get a bit uh, cranky. And sensitive and cranky, how that can affect your working performance. Absolutely. And then ad- adapting on the fly is, is obviously quite crucial as well in yes. terms of temperament. But yeah, uh, you you're just never, ever greater than the game or the sport that you serve. You, sure. you humbled every time with something that happens that just keeps you on your toes to learn something and to be more vigilant and prepare better the next
0: time. And we go from events where we've got participation on, on a, a mass level to more specific sports. Now, I think of rugby. Yep. I think of cricket. I think of soccer. I think of sports where we've got professional athletes from around the world coming to a Cape Town stadium, for example, yes, uh, to yes. compete. And then you've got to set up and structure according to almost the dynamics within that team, the things, kind of things that they require to have. And I, I mean, if you look at some of the the the, the, the requirements, defibs, this, that, X-ray, mobile equipment X-ray stuff, yeah. equipment side, <laughs> you've got to be able to be ready <laughs> at any given stage to take somebody from the field and. Into almost like a theater. Yeah. So if you think about it, the different sporting codes. Yeah. Uh, the
1: international bodies, like FIFA for soccer, uh, for rugby, it'll be World Rugby. Yeah. And you're on that board. And that board of World Rugby. Yeah. We. So we, Yeah. So I sit on the faculty for World Rugby in terms of training yeah. of doctors um, in sure. South Africa, with four other colleagues that are really, really skilled at what they do in providing emergency, immediate care in rugby, rugby. next to the field, yeah. etc. But uh, nevertheless, what, what is important when it comes to the the scaling of these events, mm. all the different uh, international federations have guidelines and, and requirements. From my side, when I run an event from Mediclinic's side, mm. that often that standard might not be enough. If a mediclinic wow. will have its own standard own, where right. we have to then either suggest either supplementing that. As well, yeah. um, and then uh, we provide them that standard that we are happy with sure. to meet those requirements. But you can imagine the needs differ completely from netball, <laughs> from rugby to tennis. I mean, when we had Nadal
0: and Federer, you were the that chief was also med- quite medical special. officer of that event. I mean, how special <laughs> match was in was Africa? Sh- that's it. <laughs> Nadal, and I mean that was just sold out everywhere. It was such a spectacle. But being sure that there, because I mean, you look at like a Nadal for example, he's got a medical team he doesn't have a, a doctor he's got a team that travels with him so the rider from here like you know these sporting legends to tell you dr green we need and you look at this going what what do you, <laughs> what, what do you need this for i need
1: this flavor the still water
0: please <laughs> <laughs> really? no no so
1: i mean it's wonderful but we've yeah. got such a good relationship with a lot of the international federations sure. and uh and uh, you you get to to know obviously mm. what the minimum requirements are. Yeah. And then uh, the guys are open to to learn and be taught. You know, I think what makes the eventing scene and eventing medicine so exciting is that it continuously changes and adapts. That you need Got to you. keep upskilling. Yeah. Um, and then you also need to uh, realize that the innovation and problem solving ability of the team. Mm. The group is always better than one person. Yeah. So collective creativity trumps the the individual every time.
0: Now, obviously, moving from event to event, there are some injuries that happen to be routine routine injuries by, by that i mean you see them a lot you see them whether it's on a cycling that's a, that it might be a muscular issue or the massive dehydration, dehydration word and that dehydration gets used a lot and you see it a lot yeah. um what are the most common injuries you sure. see and and obviously they can be prevented yes 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 so we have the two groups will be illnesses yeah. or injuries sure
1: and the injuries uh can be affected by other conditions Wet roads, oil spills, uh, just dangerous turns, hospital dry (laughs) coming around, uh, you know, the the steep downhills, etc. And then technical terrain on mountain biking events as well. You can think of that. So injuries wise, cycling events, typically upper limb injuries where your shoulders are involved, your clavicles, uh, your collarbones for the layman out there. And then your elbows and wrists are big injuries that you find because you break the fall with that that absorption of the impact first. If you come off the bike, you can injure your hips um, and knock that against a rock or a tree stump. Uh, and then the knees and ankles, obviously, if you don't click out your cleats in time, you can injure your foot and your ankle quite significantly. So injuries range from from the top. And then, of course, we can't forget head injuries hey, with concussion, yeah. Yeah. if you think about the helmet. So part of our assessment involves evaluating the, the helmet, looking for fractures of the foam yes. on site immediately um, as part of a head injury assessment. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, so those are some of the common things. Then you get, obviously, torn uh, muscles and tendons and ligament injuries. Contact sport like rugby, on the other hand, the injuries there, uh, depending on the level at which you're playing, uh, international level, can also range from soft tissue injuries all the way through to some... Fractures, dislocations um, of of, of uh, joints like shoulder joints, etc., and then a lot of knees,
0: obviously in rugby, as yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah. And so cycling start, too, uh, by the way. Yeah. The older, cycling. you get those knees are what, what <laughs> they <laughs> used to be, Doc. Up the hills, and those knees are, you know. Yeah, they're
1: the illness side of things. They, yeah, they yes. depending on the conditions. If if it's really really hot, heat stroke, heat illness, dehydration, wow. kidney failure. Wow. Uh, Things like rhabdomyolysis, great big word, but all it means is that your body breaks down its own muscle uh, in the absence of having enough fluid and nutrition that can affect the kidneys, uh, where your urine becomes coke colored for example um, in that process so those are important things to look out for that that are unique to endurance events gotcha. um, and then with that obviously we look at a lot of things related to people changing things on race day so like if we take the cycle tour, yes you've lost a bet at a braai and now oh. suddenly you have to do the cycle tour and oh, you're we've... a weekend warrior that's spot on and, you know so then you have to you have to ride the race and what you you don't know is that Changing your recipe of energy sources, like a the, a goo gel or a caffeine gel, gel. along the way, sure. taking ten of those to help you cross this finish line and get up <sighs> soaker bossy, might lead to a heart arrhythmia, and you you didn't know it because you've never trained on that stuff, and you don't know how much is too much. Wow! So uh, we advocate, obviously, you know, no don't do anything yeah. weird yeah. on race day yes. in terms of equipment and nutrition, yeah. etc. That's a big.
0: Because that's what I was going to ask you next, the role that supplementation plays in in incidents that you deal with. Sure, sure, sure. So
1: so you get supplementation to help people uh, with energy and fuel sources. So I think the big things there are to know, what are you actually using as a fuel source for an event? Firstly, is it a one-day event or a multi-stage event? Got you. Is it a slow, sustained release of energy over time, yes. like your little boiled potatoes with salt Got you. that, uh, that help people with muscle cramps, et cetera? Yeah. Uh, you know, they think of salt intake and sodium, et cetera, for that with, yes. the, with dehydration. Um, or uh, are you having things that just every time you feel tired, you up your glycemic index, Got spiking you. the blood sugar level mm. for a short while, The danger there is that your come down afterwards can really be quite low where you then feel quite slumped and then you can lose concentration on the sport you're doing uh, and your concentration will lead you to a slip or a fall so that's important medication is a big one people that take the wrong meds the biggest sin in sports is taking anti-inflammatories while you're competing wow and a lot of people don't know that because anti-inflammatories in the absence of sufficient hydration and fluid lead to kidney failure Okay. As one of the big complications. So you need to know about that. A simple paracetamol uh, for, for pain, great stuff, no yeah. problem. But that's a big one. And then medication that makes you drowsy shouldn't be taken during competition. Okay. And sometimes even something for nausea can make you drowsy. Gotcha. So you need to ask that question when you're on the bike or running a marathon, whatever it might be, uh, if you're operating equipped. Imagine you're a Formula One driver. And they give you a something for nausea and you start... Not, Not in any way you're know? So, yeah, exactly. Out. So, those are basic things that I think a lot of people yeah. don't know about. Yeah. And then COVID obviously has changed the face yes. completely. And we, we're we doing a lot of uh, research at the moment looking at how COVID affects the heart. Mm. Um, obviously, uh, depending on the level of significance of, of illness you've had before. Yeah. And so forth. But uh, that leads us to a very big component of my job, which is looking at health screening of the athletes before the event. Wow. So we, we discovered that with these mass participation events, people, mm. there'd often be like five or six heart attacks on an event. And we obviously wondered, but how how can we help this? Yes. And one of the things that we do actively is to have a, a, quite a detailed medical screening process. With all the participants. And we, we got the event organizers to back us up in doing health screening. And then they get flagged and triaged as a red or orange uh, and so forth. And then we send them vital information as to their risk factor profile and gotcha. that they should get uh, medical clearance before participating, if Brilliant. need be. And uh, all we need now is for everyone to actually take it seriously and yes. do the health screening. Yeah. Could save your life.
0: Brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, I, I want to ask a little bit about um, uh, things like, and I know I've just started this in terms of supplementation, and mm-hmm. uh, I've only taken it because uh, in the past it's been a real good recovery tool for me. Sure. And I found a really good supplement at the moment called, and it's just, it's a new supplement called Ultimag. It's a magnesium supplement. Oh, yes. But it, yes, it's yes, a yes. really premium magnesium supplement. Yes. How good is taking like a magnesium? Good in terms question. Of recovery, because recovery is also a vital part. You might not see somebody that comes to you during the event, but after any event, mm-hmm. taking like a follow-up supplement to help themselves recover. Absolutely. So, and I, I have mean, no idea. I'm, I'm telling you, maybe no, example, I'm, I'm th- thinking it's, no, got it's to do a with good muscle question. recovery. It's a great one. So, th-
1: when it comes to muscle function, yeah. what are the, the 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 electrolytes you need to know about that play a role? And certainly, there are sodium calcium and magnesium, Got you. just to name a few. But that's where it does play a role. And especially in, in terms of kidney function and electrolyte mm-hmm. balance, where the salts have to move through membranes and your urine then is concentrated or not, one has to maintain that balance. Got you. So often if you have a, a, a predisposition to having low magnesium, supplementation could definitely play a role nice. in your muscular function. Yeah. It's also important when it comes to things like heart rhythms. Ah, So magnesium is important, has a very important uh, uh, element, an electrolyte in that. So the important here is to stay within your recommended dose. Okay. And not to overdose on any
0: of these electrolytes because that could lead to other problems. Okay. Um, How does mental fortitude feature? I mean, we've seen, and uh, and again, it's the big ones. Uh, You you say for some, the Cape Town cycle is massive, but then it gets even bigger. And again, you've got events like Epic, and it goes to Wines to Wales is coming up. Yes, Uh, There are so many phenomenal events where you've got to go into it mentally prepared. And we're also going through this massive er, er, era, I guess, of mental health awareness, which is fantastic, where people are stopping for a second and going, I might be feeling physically healthy, Mm. but mentally, uh, you know, I've got a lot on my plate at the moment. There's a lot I'm dealing with. Uh, Are you seeing a lot more of that being spoken about and being dealt with prior to and during events? Absolutely. I mean, the the mental health uh, and the effect of just post-COVID
1: and dealing with uh, changes and shifts in our our social lives, our physical lives and our psychological uh, aspects of our lives has been dramatic on not only on medical staff uh, that have been tending to people but across the board in all industries people have lost their jobs people have had to reinvent themselves and earn a living Uh, so certainly very stressful times Mm. but when it comes to mental fortitude a lot of our events uh, that are on the calendar that we help help with are events that require so much mental grit determination resilience etc. And the problem is a lot of the athletes uh, associate a very strong mental attitude and a mental ability that they don't recognize the early signs of their body taking strain and seek help. So they push through, push through, push through. At the end of the day, they might finish the stage or the race uh, at the cost of their body. And I think that's also quite important. The important thing is to know Uh, that there is medical support, obviously, to help you ride your best rate, to check in, is this warning sign or the symptom I'm experiencing Mm. something I should worry about or not, Mm. with people that know what they're doing in terms of what are early warning signs, etc. cetera. yes. And uh, so I think that's also quite important. But you certainly see people push their bodies. uh, And when it comes to extreme sporting events, Mm. um, there's so much risk involved. I mean, if you think of climbing Everest, for example, Uh, If you think of some of the extreme conditions that people um, exercise in in terms of
0: extreme heat in mountains, etc., it really becomes challenging for for them. I mean, I'm looking, while you're saying this, and I'm thinking about somebody listening to this podcast that might not be uh, an active sports person, because this can be applied to any aspect, to your point that you mentioned earlier, uh, of life. We've had two years that have been terrible on families, Uh, yet we see family members getting out of bed every morning and going through the rigors of a day that entails juggling kids, financial responsibilities, a heavy job load at the office, and you know what it is? They mentally push themselves to get out of bed and go for that process every single day. Mm -hmm. And to that person that never stops for a second to actually kind of assess where they are to your point, it takes a, a massive toll on the body and eventually gets to a point where something's got to give and inevitably it does. And normally it's your health that gives. Sure. So say,
1: well, what do they say? If you don't make time for your wellness, you'll make time for your illness. Wow. So that's a, that's a big one and it makes complete sense. Yeah. Because uh, the chronic effects of stress um, and cortisol, uh, it's a high steroid levels obviously. Um, and what that effect that has on simple day-to-day things like your blood pressure, your pulse, your hormone levels, your chemistry, and how that then spills over into your irritability, your patience with people around you, how you become a little bit agitated and uh, you're short-fused. Those are all early warning signs, you know, that you need help and that you need to change something. But I think all of us need to be a little bit more vigilant in helping each other identify those things and then supporting each other till we actually Get our
0: get our, get our health checked out and sorted out. What I love, and I want to end with this. Uh, what I love is that you every single day. Almost every single day. It's only the days that you're very heavily involved in events. Uh, offer on your social platforms as well words and pearls of wisdom that are free, and they're kind of a, all related and tied into mental health. And it's something you do on a daily basis, whether it's a one-liner, whether it's a little bit of information around uh, a certain aspect of life that people are going through. Uh, you put it out there because that kind of a balance of having a good physical Ooh. well-being and mental health. Uh, well. well well-being is essential. And it's something that that, that you do on a daily basis. Yeah, you know, We know that the brain and
1: performance in general is dependent on having the foundational drivers in your life sorted mm. out. And those are how you sleep, your nutrition, your, your social relationship and taking time out to actually be mindful of, uh, of where you're at, taking stock and then planning
0: ahead. Dr. Darren Green, we've got all the time in the world to have you back again and again and again. You were Absolutely brilliant to chat to you. And I'm sure there's many more aspects of life and general well-being that we'd love to hear from you about and love to pick your brain about as well. Absolute pleasure, anytime. <laughs> Dr. Darren Green, thank you so much. This is Health Matters. It is brought to you by SIPLAR. i Ryan O'Connor. Remember to like, subscribe, and join us again for another episode soon.